could make your way back in and take a seat. Yeah. Come on in. <coughs> Thank you. Uh, I do want to introduce our guest speaker this morning, but before we do, there are several things that uh, we are aware of. Uh, some of you in the church would remember uh, a brother by the name of Greg Mullen. Greg is a pastor over in Scottsville, New York. He's been involved with camp for a long time. Greg has just recently been diagnosed with COVID and is actually in the hospital up in Rochester and struggling uh, with his breathing, with several other areas in his body. So we want to be able to pray specifically for Greg. And then uh, I believe it was either last night or this morning, we heard that another friend of ours, Jason Protkin, who some of you would also know from camp, he also was one of the youth pastors up at Lovejoy Church in, Rock in Buffalo. Uh, he actually has COVID as well and is asking for prayer. And then Ron and Jerry Childs, who most of you don't know, but they've been longtime missionaries in Niger. Uh, they actually are both struggling uh, health-wise. Uh, they are in the hospital in Niger, and we're believing God for healing for them. Right now, we know that there is malaria and pneumonia. We don't know if it's COVID. They've done a test recently, but we haven't heard the results yet, or at least I haven't. And then finally, as anybody would know, if you've listened to any news of recent, the situation in Afghanistan is fairly dire. Uh, I was talking with a uh, older Elam missionary on Friday who is looking at making his way to Pakistan now. And I thought, wow, that's a dangerous area. Your neighbor's in there. And he said, well, actually, no. Uh, Pakistan has its own government, its own setup. Everything is kind of distinct from anything going on in Afghanistan. But many people come out of Afghanistan fleeing as refugees into Pakistan. And so uh, he's believing that God would actually enable him to go. So we want to be able to pray about the situation in Afghanistan, as well as the situation in Haiti. Most of you know that there was a significant earthquake there uh, last Saturday, and that uh, right following that was a tropical depression that came through, a lot of loss of life, a lot of injuries, a lot of devastation. So would you stand with me one final time as we pray together, believing God for his help for each of these situations. Would you turn your heart towards the Lord? Father, even in just enumerating all of these things from personal friends that are struggling to nations that are in uproar, whether with uh, war that's going on or with uh, devastation that has come by virtue of hurricanes and tropical depressions, Lord, all of these, we attest the truth that they're bigger than us. We don't have the easy answers but we know someone who does. And so, Father, we turn our hearts towards you. And we bring before you each one of these ones that I have mentioned already, Lord. For, for Greg Mullen, struggling with COVID. For Jason Prossman, struggling with COVID right now on different ends of the, the nation. But we're asking you, God, for your healing touch. That you would restore their health, their strength, their breathing ability, the the sugar would get into order. Their kidneys would work properly. Father, we're asking for healing in Jesus' name. In the strong name of he who is the healer himself. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in each one of them. 
And I ask for that power to explode within their bodies and that they would know healing and health. Mm. I pray for Ron and Jerry Childs right now, mm. Father. Lord, uh, I recognize it's very easy to feel all alone. You're, you're not doing well. Your body hurts. And then you're not even up to even taking communications. It can be a hard time for anyone. And then being in another nation, which has been their home for all of these years, Lord, even across the globe, we're asking for your healing touch mm -hmm. to Ron and to Jerry. Mm -hmm. Lord, that the malaria, the yes, pneumonia, Lord. if it is in yes, fact COVID, Lord, Lord that Jesus you would name. speak a word of health and healing to both Amen. of their lives. Amen. Lord, we believe yes, that Lord. your blood Thank you, and your sacrifice paid the full price for their salvation. And their salvation isn't just getting to heaven. Their salvation is also healing in their bodies. Lord, even as the early church would pray and lay hands upon, although we are distance, we know distance is no impediment for you. We speak healing in the name of Christ right now for each one of them. Let health be restored, strength in their bodies. And Lord, I pray for their families who are many of them distant, that you would give them peace at this time and that they would believe in faith for healing as well. And then, Father, for the situation in Afghanistan and in Haiti, we pray, God, for your peace to come amidst all of the upheaval, the uh, sense of anger and hatred that rises within the hearts of men. We ask, God, for your peace to come and that the church of God, those who name the name of Jesus, would be a witness for you in each of those places. Lord, whether it be in war-torn Afghanistan or, or in a place called Haiti that has been devastated by earthquake and tropical depression. We pray, God, for your peace in each situation and that you would give wisdom to a nation that has been so destroyed over the years by natural disasters. We ask, God, for uh, you to speak a word of wisdom about what needs to happen. And we know, God, that you are the answer. So we pray for your hand upon that nation and that you would use missionaries like Roger and Margaret Clark whom are part of our body here Lord that we support on a regular basis we pray that you would use them to minister your love across that nation we believe you for this father in the name of Christ amen amen you may be seated throughout the years we have had the privilege of being able to uh, partner with folks who travel around the world to bring the gospel, the, the glorious message of redemption, everywhere they go. And we've had the privilege of being able to partner with uh, a family. Actually, they were a much smaller family when they started than they are now, but a family that uh, has been ministering in Niger for, I'm sure they will tell us how many years now. But we're excited to be able to have the Bowdens with us they're a wonderful family. They're, they're some of our favorite people. Okay. When they come, they bring such a sense of joy in the work of the ministry. So we're grateful that they're able to be with us with all their kids. If you haven't picked them out yet, they're the one family in the church that actually all look the same. They're all dressed accordingly. And so we're grateful for them being able to be with us. So would you guys come on we should up mention something about that too. Uh, I'll let you Dress. Do what you want. Some of the kids, by the way, were able to go to Camp Judah this week, which we were excited about. So, Sanuku. Good morning. And Did you rest well? Yeah, yeah, Aiki. 
Their first camp that they've ever been involved in in the United States, um, like a kids' camp kind of a thing. And so for them, everything was new, and they were so excited that it was all in English. <laughs> so they have gone to some kids' camps that are kind of more like along a VBS line in Niger, but it's not quite the same when it's in a foreign language. So they just loved being at camp. Um, we are so happy to be here this morning. Good to see so many faces from the past and so many young ones are growing and you have so many adorable kids here. I went down to kids like to drop off Grace and Kayla. I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys need like a cute kids award. Like they're, you guys have <laughs> cute kids. Like they're all cute. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to share real quick something the Lord's been putting on our hearts and just walking us through in this, these last few months, but in this last year or two, but really in these last few months, honing it into us. And it is the, the importance of walking in an awareness of his presence in, a daily, in the daily routine of our lives. It is so awesome. Wasn't worship wonderful this morning? We can sense his presence. We come into that zone where you're like, yes, we're in it. But like, I also want to be able to take that awareness of his presence with me throughout my every day and, and um, draw his presence into my life in every in real ways. I'm going to give you an example. So I'm going to give you two examples because we have a new one that I want to give glory to God for. Um, when we were leaving Niger, we are a family of six. And when we fly, we are, first of all, we are 12 hours away from the national airport. So we usually would do that by land cruiser along bumpy African roads. But this time we actually flew an African airline. And you'll hear more about that later. Um, but God got us there, and it was great. But it's a, it's a big deal to get all the bags for the whole family packed and fly them to the national airport. And then we have to go through COVID testing to make sure it's all negative, and there's six of us. And so we finally got our negative COVID test. We're flying this night. We've got all the bags ready. And our travel agent said, oh, he sent us an email saying, I'm not sure you guys are going to be able to fly. I, there's a problem with your ticket, and I'm going to check it out. I'm working on it. So tell me, what would your initial reaction be at that moment? Like, for us, it's like, freak out. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, what if this doesn't? Like, what if, what if, what if? Like, all these things. And all of a sudden, like, the, the Lord is saying, no, don't fall into the regular pattern of what we fall into when we start to feel overwhelmed or afraid or that, that stirring, that Wah! the freak out feeling. So at that moment, we said, no, we're going to declare God's goodness over this situation and we're going to start to praise him. Now, who here knows that praise has nothing to do with our emotions? 
It is like you open your mouth and you start proclaiming, Lord, I praise you. You are good. You are worthy. And as we praise, we enter this atmosphere of worship, and, and then the emotions can come. But when we enter that atmosphere of worship through the gates of praise, we can start to see things from a different perspective. And we can start to see things that he's in control and that he's going to work it out. And as we just praised and proclaimed that, we felt the peace that came. And within an, a couple hours, we heard that it's all set. You guys are ready to go. Um, and so we were really thankful for that. Our second story was, um, I'm just giving you these examples so that you can identify places in your life where that first like, ah, moment comes. And you can start to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm going to praise you in this moment, and I'm going to look to you for peace. I'm going to look to you for a solution and directions and what we should do. A long story short, we got right back to the States, and one of our daughter's passports was about to expire, so we went right away, and we got it in, and they said, the time is 10 to 12 weeks. We're going to be here, like, we were here a total of 12 or 14 weeks or something. And um, they're like, it's no problem. It's going to be, you don't need to expedite or anything. It's definitely going to be back in time. So we're like, that's great. So five weeks later, we still hadn't received a confirmation that they had gotten it. And then six weeks later, we got a confirmation. They said, oh, yeah, the wait time is now 18 weeks. Now, we're flying in, like, September. And, like, the minimum time they're telling us is going to be October, November, December. We're like, we can't wait around for a passport. So I guess everybody in the United States decided, well, now that I'm vaccinated, I'm going to travel. So they all sent their passports in at the same time. And like during the time when we mailed it and it arrived, the wait time like zoomed up like months. It was crazy. So we're like, okay, God, that was one of those freak out moments. Oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to go back to Niger when we're scheduled. And then um, Jonathan worked really hard. He worked to put in an application to get it expedited. We still didn't hear anything for like weeks. And just last week, I started having this resolve, like as we're just trusting the Lord for this, that we need to start proclaiming and declaring the freedom of that passport in Jesus' name. So we started doing that, praising the Lord, giving him the situation. It's yours. It's yours. I had an intercessor friend say, hey, do you need prayer for anything? I was like, yeah, we need this passport. And so she's, I declare in Jesus' name that that thing be released. The next morning, the next day, we got that it had been shipped to us. Yep. We had not heard anything for months. We were like, the Lord is willing to work on our behalves if we are willing to tune into him, praise him, worship him, get his direction for that situation that we're in. I just want to encourage you that he's willing and he's able. And um, yeah, it's been good. So it's great to be with you. We're going to share a quick video and then Jonathan's going to share. This is Grand Zero, where the discipleship and leadership is happening. This is the Bible school behind me. We work with a great team of national pastors who help us teach and raise up a new generation. Jonathan's the director. And right now, Grand Christians is coming to this school for a year, and our disciple is strengthening their faith. We also train leaders and pastors in this school. It's a fantastic place for new believers to come and get grounded in their faith. They learn how to lead through do literacy here. They really get strengthened. It's a very exciting place to be.
Sunday morning worship service. Amen. Family life is so good to be here with you this morning. Uh, we just love you guys. You've stayed in really good touch the last three years. So I think it's been three years since we were here with you, and we've heard a lot uh, different ones from your midst have been communicating with us, emails and Osara and different ones have been emailing us, praying for us, different home groups, and we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Pastor Chris and Karen, Pastor Jonathan and April and all of you guys for staying in touch with us. And we have a few testimonies that we want to share, and then just a word that the Lord's put on our heart for this season that goes along with what Danny was just sharing about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His presence. So this is where we live in Niger. You can see uh, right here, that's the west, northwest Africa, the nation of Niger. 
and it's a it used to be a French colony, so it's pronounced Niger instead of Niger. Niger would be the English pronunciation. Niger is the French. So everyone over there says Niger. And um, this is where we live in the country of Niger. We live where that heart is on the south central part. It's 12 hours away from the airport in Niger. So Niger is about three times the size of Texas, has, owns two planes, has one airport. <laughs> and uh, we live about 10 to 12 hours by land cruiser east of the international airport of Niamey. So we live in a place called Maradi. The next picture shows you where uh, the Bible school that you just saw in the video. Uh, we love this discipleship center. We're just seeing a new generation being raised up. They're going out planting churches. It's uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's an awesome place. We actually really need to have a team come from Family Life. You guys need to put together a team. You need to come visit us. You'd love it. Okay, and then the next picture is, uh, this is a current discipleship students. Uh, that older lady sitting in the chair, her name is Habsu, and she's the head of the class for literacy. She lived her whole life, never learned how to read and write. Only one out of six adults in Niger can read or write. So she came to the Bible school. One of the programs we have at the Bible school is teaching literacy. So at the end of the year, they can all read their own Bible and their own heart language. So she's at the head of the class. So I keep telling all the younger youth, I'm like, come on. If grandma can be so far ahead in literacy, you guys can do it too. So she's a great example this year. She just got saved last year. So we're working with just first-generation Christians, first time ever hearing the gospel, so it's pretty cool. She got saved. Now she's learning how to read and write for the first time, and she's doing really well. So the next picture is a couple uh, of young men that are in our Bible school this year in the discipleship program. The guy on the right, his name is Jimari. Can you say that with me? Jimari. Okay, half of Niger are part of the Hausa people group. That's the language we greeted you today is the Hausa language. 50% of the population of Niger, which is 24 million, speak Hausa. But then there's other people groups. One of them is the Fulani, and Jimari is from the Fulani, the nomadic peoples. They're difficult to reach because they're traveling everywhere. A few years ago, we had a new Christian come to our Bible school. He went through discipleship, went through leadership. He started a pastor. And last year, right before COVID happened, um, he felt the Lord speaking to him. He was actually from that same village of Nakoki that we took in the video. Uh, this young pastor felt the Lord speaking to go up north to work with the Fulani. So he left everything. He got a whole different dress and culture of eating and language. He went up north, became a missionary in Niger. And one of the first people that got saved was this young man, Jimari. He had been sick. You know, he went to the local witch doctor. He went to the clinic. No one could figure out what was wrong. And this pastor had an anointing at the um, to really just pray with people. People were getting saved. We heard reports down south of Maradi that other villages were bringing all the sick people to this young man, this pastor. So God was honoring his obedience to the call to go up north to work with the Fulani. And so many people were getting saved. So Jimari heard it. He knew that the pastor was praying for sick people. He came to the pastor and said, can you pray for me? The pastor prayed for him. He got healed. And he said, I want to serve the Lord. <laughs> so he's in our Bible school this year, the first Christian in his whole family, first Christian, all of his relatives, his village, and he's with us this year in the Bible school. His desire is to learn the word of God so that he can take the gospel back to his people. Isn't that awesome? So the Lord loves the nations. We actually have seen the most uh, progress and advancement of God's kingdom since COVID happened in Niger. We're seeing just amazing things happening. Uh, we had like lockdown, church buildings are closed, but the church, you and I, you know, the Christians in Niger rose up and they went out and started planting churches all over the place. And we have a whole new season of a uh, great advancement of the gospel, and uh, Jimari is one of them. And then the other man there is Abacha. Can you say that with me? Abacha? That's a fun name. Abacha. 
And he's from the Kanuri people group out east of Niger. He grew up in northeastern Nigeria in the area of Boko Haram. It's a terrorist group. Uh, they're operating. You know, if you've been keeping up with the news, you'll hear from northeastern Nigeria. It's very bad the last 10 years. Uh, the last year, it's been really bad. So we have about a couple hundred thousand refugees right now from Nigeria crossing over to where we live in Niger. These are big refugee camps, UN, all this stuff, flying in cargo planes and supplies. And so Abacha ran, he escaped from Boko Haram, ran across the border. He's a Muslim, and everyone he knew is a Muslim. But he, you know, Boko Haram just kills anyone. So he ran into Niger, and last year he was in this big refugee camp. He showed me his refugee card. And in the refugee camp, uh, he met a young Christian who brought him to church and he heard the gospel, and the pastor led him to the Lord. It's one of our pastors in Diffa, and he is now in our Bible school. But the really cool thing is uh, Abacha is from the Kanoe people group. There's about 600,000 of them living in Niger right now, only 50 known believers. It's one of the most unreached people groups in West Africa, and he's one of the 50. <laughs> he's in our Bible school this year, and he wants to go back to reach the Kanoe people group for Jesus. So we're excited what God's doing in Niger. The Lord is working and beginning to uh, bring in other people groups to the Lord. And it's an exciting time to be there and see what God's doing. Uh, next picture uh, is uh, one of the villages that was started last year during COVID. One of the pastors went out. He started a house church, and this is what happened. They built their own stick structure, but then the rainy season came, and there's a lot of rain and things like that. So we were able to help them build a building. The next picture, we'll talk about that. It shows you... This Easter in April, this is Sunday Easter morning, and we're wearing the same outfit as we're wearing today. <laughs> and this is our Easter Sunday outfit. You might not know this. People always ask us, why do you wear those clothes? You do it just because, you know, and we're like, no, we don't do it just because. In Niger, we do it like all the time, almost every day on Sundays. This is a, the national attire in Niger where we live in Maradi. But more importantly, whenever there's a significant event like Easter or Christmas, People don't give, the Christians don't give gifts to each other or to their families. They go out and buy a big bowl of cloth of the same fabric and same color. And they divide it up and the whole family comes to church that Sunday looking the same. So this was actually our Easter Sunday morning clothing that we brought back to the States to have this summer as we travel. But it's good for you to have a little cultural idea that we don't just put this on. To, you know, we, we do it because this is what we use all the time in Niger. And this is our Easter. So we have Christmas, we have Easter, we have Bible school graduation, we have weddings, we have, you know... <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun with the weddings because the bride picks out the cloth color and everyone to support the bride buys the cloth color and comes to the wedding in that color. So like, can you imagine like half the church, that one color, that's what happens. So it's, it's kind of a cool cultural thing. Maybe you should adopt it here in Warsaw. <laughs> and some people are like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> so we helped them build this church uh, this year and uh, it's really neat. God's really doing great things in this village. Half of our new Christians have come from this village plant. And the gospel's really moving. We're really thankful what God's doing. So next picture is the uh, Anne-Marie family, Koyaj and Alola. Their daughter Tolu came to Elam a year ago. She went back after a year at Elam, got married to Joshua. They just had their ba first baby daughter, Azaria Joy, just a few weeks ago. And they're part of a ministry called Abraham's Place, which is specifically children and youth. And when we say youth, it's anyone in the teens into the 20s. Anyone who's not married yet is youth. So a lot of times youth are like 25, 26 years old. So the next picture will show you the kids at Abraham's Place and the youth. These go from like age 8 to age 25 right here. And there's about 70 of them. They're all going through school. They're being discipled. And we started to help them build a new building for a chapel in the background. And just a few weeks ago, we got this picture. Next. 
This is a new chapel that's been completed this summer. Next picture is the first Sunday morning service just a couple weeks ago that they held. It looks great, doesn't it? It can fit a couple hundred people, and they're going to use it as a ministry resource to do outreaches and big youth seminars and all kinds of different powerful meetings here. So if you have a team that comes to visit us, you'll be visiting Abraham's place, you'll be doing meetings in this chapel, and you'll be at the Bible school teaching the new Christians and the new pastors. So next picture, we have a few more at the end here. Okay, this is the last one. This is the end of May, first part of June, when we came back to the States this summer. We've been here for the last couple months traveling in the States. We actually go back to Tunisia in just like two weeks. So we're on the very end now, getting ready to go back home to Niger. But this was the plane, one of the two in Niger. <laughs> and uh, this is the plane that took us from Maradi to Niamey. In the past, we've been able to drive our land cruiser, but because of current security concerns, uh, we do have some ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram operating along the borders of Niger. It's made it more difficult to travel along some of the roads. So this time we had to travel by plane. We had to fly. So before going on this uh, flight, I heard from some missionaries that had taken this flight that it's a great plane. You'll enjoy it. I heard from some others who were part of a missionary organization that have a small three to five seater plane that said, well, they don't do safety checks. I wouldn't take it. So we were like, I think we... We're going, to try to, we're going to try it out, because the other missionary plane was broken. They were trying to repair it. So this was the only option to get back to the Niamey, to get back to the States this summer. So we got into the plane. We're flying along. We went to Zinder, out east of the country. We stopped. It was great. We went up in the air. We were going up north to Agadez. I'd always wanted to, been to, I'd always wanted to go to Agadez. It's up with the Turig and the camels and all that stuff. So as we're, I was getting ready to go to, down to Agadez, start to, to um, descend, I was getting excited, but then the pilot said, we have turbulence, fasten your seatbelts. And that's normal. For any of you who have been flying, you know, that's a normal thing that happens. Well, this was different than normal turbulence. This is like 100 to 200 feet down, then like, whoa, they're like 400 feet up. And like, you know, in Niger, it's 120 degrees. When we left in May, it was 120 degrees on the surface. And then the air gets really cool. So it's a cool air colliding with the hot air as the plane goes down. So as we're going down, it's literally like this. You know, and I'm, I'm just thinking, oh yeah, the mission, I'm not thinking about the missionaries that said it was a good experience. I'm thinking about the missionaries that said, they don't always do the safety checks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I think it's too late to get off, you know? <laughs> and it's sad because I've been looking forward to all this time going to Agadez. I can't wait to get there. And I'm like, Danny and I never get sick on planes. We, we fly all the time. And we were actually starting to get nauseous. Isaiah was like, I wasn't. I was like, well, good for you, but we were. <laughs> so we're like up and down, up and down. And it was crazy. So immediately, I'm like, Lord, help, protect us. And I felt the Lord's gentle voice of correction and encouragement challenging me, saying, Jonathan, do you think that I'm not with you right now, that your life isn't in my hands when there's some turbulence? Before the turbulence, you weren't praying and asking for help, but right now when there's turbulence, you're like, Lord, help. And he gave me the picture of the disciples in the boat, you know, in the storm. And the, the waves are coming into the boat. These are seasoned uh, fishermen. They know what it's like to be in the midst of a storm. And they know when it's dangerous. And it was getting dangerous. The, the boat is going up and down. The waves are coming in. And remember, Jesus was what? He was, he was sleeping. And the disciples ran over. They wake him up. And Jesus looks at them and says, Where is your faith? Why are you afraid? And in the plane... In the midst of the turbulence, I felt the Lord speaking to me saying, Jonathan, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? I have called you. I have chosen you. You're in my hand. Whether or not you're bumping up and down in the plane, you're on land, or wherever you are, you belong to me. 
The days ordained for you have been written out. I am good. I have good plans. And the Lord just began to download a whole new season of his goodness, of his nature, of his character, as we're just bumping up and down in the plane. And I just felt the Lord really challenging me and uh, saying that I don't have to be afraid in those kinds of seasons of life that are turbulent because he's with me. And those disciples, they really didn't make any mistake other than one thing that they forgot. The reality is they were seasoned fishermen. The reality is they did know when it was dangerous. It was dangerous to be on, that, uh, the, on the water in that big storm. It was. But the one thing they forgot was who was in the boat with them. And I've just been, the, Danny and I, my wife and I, have just been really feeling in this season as Christians, we have turbulence in our lives, don't we? Isn't there Turbulence. I mean, we're probably noticing more, as we travel through the states, as we're in Niger, there's been more shaking this last year and a half than ever before. We have, every single person we've talked to, we've almost uh, taken time to sit down and talk with has told us of transition, uh, business, or job, or loved ones getting sick, or things with COVID, or political stuff, or, or financial stuff, or it's all this upheaval, all this up and down turbulence, and I believe the Lord has been reminding us to remember who's in the boat with us. (laughs) Jesus is with us. He loves us. He has good plans for us. Psalm 119.68. It used to be actually one of my most unfavorite psalms because, you know, Psalm 119 is like, it goes on forever. You start reading it one day, like two days later, you complete it. (laughs) So (laughs) when I was like at Elam and had to read the book of Psalm, I was like, man, I'll never get through this one. But recently it's become one of my most favorite. And Psalm 119.68 says, You are good and do good. Isn't that good theology? You are good and do good. And um, uh, the Lord, as we're bumping up and down that plane with turbulence, the Lord reminded me of Isaiah 26 verse 3 that says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I began to feel the Lord challenging me to say, Jonathan, make it more specific. So I started to pray. You will keep me in perfect peace. My mind is stayed on you because I trust in you. And all of a sudden I realized that in the boat, when the disciples were waking up Jesus, and Jesus is saying, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? He wasn't saying, this isn't a big storm. You guys shouldn't be worried. He was saying, I'm here. I'm the one that made the ocean. I'm the one that made the lakes. I'm the one that made all this stuff. I'm with you. I have not left you. You've forgotten me. You remember the storm. You remember the turbulence, but you've forgotten who's with you in the midst of it, who's greater than the storm. Who, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And um, I've just been feeling strongly this year that as a church, we need to realize that in the turbulence, Jesus is Lord. In the turbulence, he is good. In the turbulence, he does good. And in the turbulence, the up and downs of life, he is with us. He is with you. He has good plans for you. He has a good purpose for your life. There's a reason why we're here at 2021. God knew all the stuff that would happen before it happened. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows what will happen next year. And he planted each one of us in this earth for such a time as this to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Perfect love casts out. The reality is the disciples had the situation They were going to perish if Jesus didn't save them, but Jesus was with them. 
The reality is in the world today, it is a bit scary if you look around, if you look at the news and all this stuff, if you look at Niger and Afghanistan and all this stuff, it's, it's shaking. But let's don't forget who's with us, who's called us for this moment. And we're starting to see signs of God's kingdom advancing and growing and more things happening in the kingdom world than we have ever before. This is a great time to be alive. This is an exciting time to be serving the Lord. Amen? It's time to engage. And it's time to get ready to understand that in the turbulence, it's the time that we put our eyes on the Lord. And then He provides the miracle. He provides the, um, the relief. And actually, the turbulence didn't stop, to be honest with you. <laughs> we kept going up and down. And there was a young lady who got sick and was on the, the kind of passed out unconscious in, that, in the plane. And they called over the microphone, are there any doctors? And my wife is a nurse, so she was like, I'm not a doctor, I'm going to wait. <laughs> because she didn't know what she might get into. So like, you know, we're bumping up and down. There's a lady passed out in the aisle and you know, of the one of the two planes of Niger, and like, you know, any doctors? Then, they, then the steward, there's only one flight steward, he runs back to the microphone, are there anyone that knows anything at all about any kind of medicine? <laughs> so daddy's like, well, I guess I know something. <laughs> so she goes and she offers her assistance as we're going up and down, and the Lord used her because she speaks household language to talk to this lady, interpret between her and the flight attendant, and to sit with her, and actually, she had a panic attack. She was so afraid and probably a low blood sugar thing. So they gave us something to drink. Uh, Danny kind of sat and just talked to her all the way down as we landed. And even afterwards, they were able to talk a little bit. So it's kind of cool how the Lord uses turbulence to shake things up and even advance his kingdom in the midst of it. Amen? So I, we can't say that God causes the turbulence, but he's going to use that turbulence to advance his kingdom. The one issue is if we hold on to the things in our life and we don't let them give them to the Lord. Um, it's called trauma. If we have a situation happen to us, and we don't really give it to the Lord and surrender to Him, that's something that can just really get in our hearts and our minds and keep us from entering God's promise into His fullness for our life. So we've been trying to learn that whenever something happens in our life, whether it's sickness or whether it's to do with um, anything in, the, in any realm of our life, immediately we just surrender it to the Lord. And we get our Isaiah 26.3, eyes back on the Lord. He fills us with His peace. And we go forward and see what He's going to do in that mess to turn it around for His kingdom and His glory. Amen? Now, one thing that can paralyze us, though, is fear. And that means that we haven't trusted the Lord. It's like the disciples in the boat saying, Jesus, wake up, we're going to perish. Which, that's kind of a cool thing for that they did that. But then they needed to switch to realizing that he was their Lord and Savior and he could save them from the storm, and they did. And God provided a great breakthrough. And we've been seeing a lot of people as we travel, some of them have had the breakthrough. They're, they're going for it. Others have still held with fear. And they're still being held in that grip of like, what if? And maybe something really bad did happen. The disciples were drowning, but Jesus saved them. And we've had things happen in our life, close calls, and yet Jesus saved us. And what happens with trauma, if we don't give it to the Lord, is that it can repeat itself over and over because we project it will happen tomorrow and the next day. Like, I got really sick. This almost happened, and we just feel so afraid. We make decisions, and it can open the door. It's like what you fear comes upon you. And that's something that we as Christians, Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sin, but also that we can manifest his kingdom on earth, and he has completely released us from a spirit of fear. Hallelujah! There is a reality. It's dangerous to be alive. <laughs> but Jesus is Lord. We belong to him. We're his children. And I just want to encourage you this morning. If you've had some trauma in your life, you might be a business person. You've had some financial stuff like businesses flop. But this is a new season, 2021. The Lord is raising up a new season. Everywhere that we go, the Lord's been breathing fresh vision to people to have new businesses, to have new beginnings. And those that are going for it are seeing breakthrough. Those that are kind of staying back, 
They're just kind of staying back and missing what God's doing. So I guess what's on my heart this morning is I just want to encourage you. Go for all that God has for you. Don't forget who you are. You are a child of God. He loves you. He gave himself for you. He came down to this earth and died for you so that you could be set free, not just to go to heaven someday, but to live in victory here and now, to live in victory in every area of our life. And we engage in that victory, that breakthrough, when like the disciples, we come and say, Jesus! If those disciples had just kept looking at the waves, that would have just kept giving them the fear. But they decided to look at Jesus, and he saved them, and it became a testimony. So I just want to encourage you this morning, let's just fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. There's a, there's a reason why we're here right now, 2021. We are on this planet for a purpose right now. And it's time to get engaged in what God's doing outside of the church. It's time to get involved in our communities. It's time to bring our businesses back into alignment with God's kingdom. It's time to bring our relatives and our families and um, the, the nations back into alignment with God's purpose. And as we rise up in faith, the Lord answers with his breakthrough because he's closer than the turbulence. That plane kept going up and down, but I felt peace. After I prayed, after the Lord convicted me, I kind of just gave that to the Lord. I said, I just give it to you. I heard the people saying about not the safety checks, concern for my family. All the, I just said, Lord, I give it to you. I give you my heart. I give you my family. I give you my life. And all of a sudden, I had that peace. And then that situation happened. My wife was able to go, and out of the peace that she had, she was able to help a young lady and, and share the gospel by, by, by just loving this young lady who was in just like panic attack. And let me tell you, everyone in this world right now is in panic attack. But we have the key. We have the answer. It's Jesus. I want to just uh, spend a few minutes now. I just want to pray with you. And uh, I just want, let's just take a few minutes and ask the Holy Spirit to look into our hearts. And there might be some areas of our life. We don't know this, but as the Holy Spirit shows us, there might be some areas of our life where we've had trauma, legitimate turbulence. That means legitimate problems. We've had problems and things have happened that have made us disappointed. We've almost felt like God's promises are over, done with. We've started to forget because we've experienced the real turbulence, the waves washing into our boat, almost drowning, and we've felt suffocated. And the Lord this morning is saying, I am with you. Why are you afraid? I've always been there. I am your father. You are my child. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You are mine. You belong to me. I am good and I do good. I have good plans for you. I have a good future for you. You are my child. It's time to rise up. It's time to shine. It's time to shine. It's time to shine my light to the world around you. It's time to shine in your family, in your marriage, with your children. It's time to shine in church. It's time to shine at your job. It's time to shine with your neighbors. It's time to shine every day. My glory and my light and my love to those around you. Because the Lord is shaking the world, or the world is being shaken. The Lord's using the shaking, shaking that's happening around the world to help other people what they've been relying on to realize that it's just nothing. It's just straw. It's just chaff. It'll just be burned up. And they're starting to be desperate, looking for something more real. And we, the church, have it. It's called Jesus, a relationship with the Lord and our God and our King. And the Lord is calling his church to not be afraid, to renounce the spirit of fear, to give him the trauma that we've experienced from some of the turbulence and let him heal and restore our minds and our emotions so that we can be re-engaged in his kingdom and we can be re-engaged and activated as agents, special agents in his kingdom to bring his kingdom to earth where we are and where he's located us. So this morning as the Holy Spirit just um, is, is here and checking all of our hearts, 
just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's any areas of trauma or areas that you have uh, been afraid that we need to just surrender to the Lord because there's no fear in his love. Perfect love casts out fear. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. So this morning, this morning let's refix our eyes on the Lord. And, and something I like to do is I like to put different issues that I'm facing in my hands. I'm kind of practical. I'm a carpenter. I love to do practical things. I put stuff in my hands. I just raise them up to the Lord and just say, Lord, this is the issue I'm dealing with. And I just kind of release it. Because we have a nasty habit, at least I do, maybe you don't, of kind of clinging on to stuff. I'll be like, I give it to the Lord like two minutes later. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember Lord, <laughs> remember, remember. But we have to just release it and then see his goodness and his answer and his breakthrough that comes. So let's just put some of these things in our hands right now that the Holy Spirit's revealing. Maybe trauma, some fear, anxiety, different issues, legitimate issues, le- legitimate turbulence that we're facing right now. Could be health, financial, could be uh, relational. Let's just put these things right now into our hands and just offer them to the Lord as a worship offering and release it to him. Just say, you, Lord, you are worthy. And I just fix my eyes back on you. I take my eyes off the storm. I take my eyes off the turbulence. I put my eyes back on you. You're King of kings. You're Lord of lords. I trust you. I believe in you. I believe you are who you said you are. I believe I am who you've called me to be and who you've said I am. I am your child. I am your son. I am your daughter. Bought with your blood. And I no longer belong to myself. I've been bought with a price. I belong to you. Just take my heart, take these issues, and manifest your glory. May there be a breakthrough to honor the name of Jesus. May there be a breakthrough. And Lord, this morning I just pray over all of family life, this precious church and these great uh, people that have been holding our family up. The last three years in Niger, they've been holding us up, praying for us. Lord, I ask this morning, I just pray for breakthrough for them as well. That you'd break them forth, Lord, that from any spirit of fear, Lord, we just rebuke the spirit of fear. We put it under our feet in the name of Jesus. Uh, Any trauma or uh, anything that we've experienced this last season that's kind of crippled us, we we just put it under our feet right now in the name of Jesus. And we surrender it to you, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, that you would bring a restoration. That Holy Spirit, right now, that you would bring a restoration. That you would impart your faith into our hearts to know that you are with us. You have never forsaken us. You are with us. You hold us in your hands and you will never let us go. And Lord, please also give us a new passion, a new zeal for your kingdom. Just like the the church was mobilized for Camp Judah and they invested a passionate zeal for the Lord and to the children. Lord, thank you for that. I ask in all of us, Lord, that you impart in us a new passion for your kingdom, a new passion for this generation, a new passion for Warsaw, for the people lost in Warsaw, for the community. Everyone just looks at the news and they get filled with fear, but Lord, we can look to you. We can be filled with your faith, with your love, with your victory, and then we can take it to the people that have crippled with fear. Lord, we ask you that you would help us to be the breakthrough generation. We ask you, Lord, that we would be the generation that rises up and that we see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We ask you for divine appointments we ask you for new salvations. We ask you for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We pray for breakthroughs and we pray for a great increase in your kingdom, Lord. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> Amen. Good word, isn't it? Good word. Uh, would you guys come on up, the whole family, and then John and uh, Kathy and Andy, if they're here, Karen. We want to be able to pray with them and bless them in these last moments we have with them.
I met with uh, the Global Missions Department of Elam on Friday, and uh, we were praying for different ones. And in the prayer, God gave me a picture, which he sometimes does, using a cartoon. Uh, Peanuts is one of my favorites. I think sometimes they have good theology. But in the, in the uh, picture, he's throwing up the ball, and he starts off with this one frame saying, I'm the greatest in the whole world. Nothing's ever gotten by me. You know, I can hit it out of the park every time. He's going on and on. He throws the ball in the air, swings, miss. Throws it again, swings, miss. Throws it again, swings, miss. He looks at the ball, and all of a sudden he says, I'm the greatest picture in the whole world. Nobody can hit me. And I felt like the Lord spoke a word to me, and he said, you can't lose for winning. Because ultimately, if you're in Christ, you're always winning. No matter what happens, you're winning. Because he controls your heart and your life. You can't lose for winning. So that's really the message that has been spoken to you today. That God has control. No matter what you're going through, he's in control. Uh, Tozier said, a lot of things in the world are going in chaos. This goes back to the World War II. He said, things are in chaos, they're in uproar. But there's a God who sits in heaven who's never surrendered his authority. He's still in control today. So would you join with us? Would you stand as we pray for these guys? Let's believe God for his blessing, his favor to rest upon them. Father, we thank you today for Jonathan and Danny and the whole clan. Thank you for what their lives have meant for the kingdom of God reaching to a nation of people. And in many cases, a people group who have barely heard the wonders of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you that you have not only sent them, but you have equipped them uniquely in every situation in which they find themselves, your hand has rested upon them, and you have brought them safe thus far. And, Lord, you have said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I am with you even to the ends of the ages. That's your promise, Father, your promise to us, but also your promise to them, that what they put their hand to is going to succeed because it's going to be based upon your will your purposes. And Father, uh, I know that they have given us a good report of the work that they have done in Niger, and I thank you for it. But Lord, I'm praying for even more, for greater fruit, not because they work harder, not because they perform better, but because your presence explodes from within them. Out of the river of life that is within them, good fruit will come because there are trees planted by that river. And when they hear the good news, fruit is born. So, Lord, we as this family here in Warsaw, Family Life Church, we bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bless them with health, with strength, with wisdom, with financial provision, with safety under your care and with the anointing of the living God. Lord, that when they minister, it's not in their own strength. It's not in their own wisdom. Paul says, I don't come to you with the wisdom of this world. Lord, it's like he realized he tried that over in Ephesus, and it didn't work well. But when he came to Corinth, he says, I come to you 
in a demonstration of the spirit and power. Lord, even as he shared this morning about this pastor laying hands upon people and they're healed, Lord, I pray for healings to flow through their hands. Even as Danny laid her hands upon that woman in the aisle and was able to speak words of peace to her soul, let healing flow in. That they're not just empty hands laid upon people, but they are hands full of the presence of Almighty God. And so, Lord, we bless them. We bless them, Lord, knowing that though they are going in, we're helping to provide some of the funds that they have need of, for which we're grateful for that privilege. But, Lord, we're praying that there would come an explosion of your kingdom. Even as Jonathan said in the midst of his message, let it be done here on earth as it has already been established in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done in Niger and among these different people groups that they minister to. And Lord, I pray for their kids. Lord, I know it's easy in any ministry family to kind of grow up in that household and just think, okay, well, this is just what we do now. But Lord, I pray that they would be captured and captivated as from the youngest, Michaela, on up to Isaiah, Lord, they would be captivated by the love of God, that you would capture their hearts, Father. Let them know it's not just for mom and dad, it's for us, and that we want to have a hand in this wonderful work that you've given us. So, Lord, I pray that you would go before them and that they would hear in their ear a voice that would say, this is the way of the Lord, walk ye in it. They would hear the voice of the Lord. So bless them, I pray, Father. Bless them. Jonathan, when you got up to speak, I, I saw a picture of balloons, and we often use uh, balloons and services here when there's times of celebration. And um, so I've just been kind of ruminating on that. And I feel like the Lord is bringing you into a season of celebration in your ministry. And um, not just a heart of worship, although I think that's a part of it, but specific reasons and occasions where the only response could be celebration. And as he started to pray for you, I saw um, what I'll describe as like um, an African conga line dance. Um, it looked very cultural, what I would picture <laughs> that you might experience. And I saw that just like erupting, but not just like one time, like over and over again, like this eruption of worship and joy, but a spirit of celebration um, that's being released. But again, like very specific things that will be happening where there are things that you've longed for and looked for, but you're coming to that season and the response will be celebration. Um, also, as we were praying for your kids, I saw, um <laughs> I've seen this picture before when we've prayed for people, but... Um, it's the, the African elephants in a line, and the trunks are connected, and there's um, the big ones and then the little ones following. And I just saw, um, like, this line of, of following in the same direction and um, just a sense of assurance that your children are following on the same course that you are and that you can trust that and hang on to that promise from the Lord for your kids. So, Father, we again give you thanks for the Bowden family and the way in which they have given their lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the kingdom. 
We pray that, Lord, in these coming weeks as they're getting nearer to flying back, that you would order their steps. Everything would fall into alignment in the same way that they testify today about the passport. Lord, we pray that every other detail would fall into line and that it would bow its knee to the authority of Jesus, that it would hear the voice of the Savior calling them home to Niger. Lord, uh, sometimes, Lord, especially early on in ministry, we would say when missionaries would come to the States, say, well, you've come back home. Well, the truth is for most of them, they've been there long enough and their hearts have been knit that that becomes their home. Those are their people. And they love them as dearly as we love these who are here. So, Lord, as they go home to Niger, I pray that you would cause everything to fall into order and that it would, in fact, submit to God himself. And bless each one, Lord, as we've heard this word that has been uh, encouraging and stirring to us today. We pray that it wouldn't just be words that we hear, but that we would apply it to our lives and allow you, Holy Spirit, to minister life, peace, and trust to our souls. We ask it, Father, in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you guys. They have a table out there. If you want to glance at some of the stuff that they've put out there, glance, not touch. But you can look at that if you would, all right? God bless you guys. Okay, apparently you can touch. I just know our kids. <laughs>